The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There was an unbelievable story with a judge from New York City who went to Israel and he was there at the time when they were releasing prisoners from prison. And he went to see the process of how they did it in Israel. I mean, today, a judge in New York doesn't need to travel to Israel to see them releasing prisoners. <laughs> okay, but either way, at the time, he travels to Israel, and he's present and he's watching what's going on. Anyway, one guy gets up, one of the prisoners gets up, and he turns, uh, and the judge turns to, the, to this prisoner, the Israeli judge, and he says, tell me, are you going to steal ever again? We're releasing you now. You know, your time is up, your sentence is finished. We're letting you back into society. Are you going to steal from now, uh, and from now on out? And the guy says, no, your honor, I'm not going to steal. He goes, well, actually, wait a second. He goes, I'm going to steal one more time, but then that's it. <laughs> the judge says, you're going to steal one more time? What do you mean? We told you, you're letting you out. You got you to gotta go straight. You can't uh, steal one more time. No, no such thing. The guy says, listen, he goes, yes, me, I'm telling you the truth. He goes, I'm going to get out one more time. The judge says, you're going to get out one more time. What are you going to steal with this one more time? He says, I'm going to steal a watch for Rabbi Arya Levine. Rabbi Arya Levine was a very famous tzaddik. He was called the tzaddik of Yerushalayim. He took care of all the prisoners, of all the sick people. He would travel. He took care of all the people that no one wanted anything to do with. He was the rabbi of the thieves. He was the rabbi of the, what's it called? Of the people, of the lepers. He would go to the hospital that everyone was scared to go into because of uh, diseases that were contagious. He would sit with the people. He would cry with them. Unbelievable tzaddik. By the way, sorry? Astana. He went into the hospital. He went into the hospital. And what's it called? And, and he would sit with them. And a miracle that even though he was with all these people with all sorts of contagious diseases, he never caught one disease, not even one time. How God protects the people do the right thing for the right reasons without uh, looking for uh, uh, arrogance or uh, self-aggrandizement, okay? Anyway, this rabbi, it was the rabbi of the prisoners. He gave them hope. He turned them around. He brought them back to Teshuvah. The, the guy asked, why in the world you want to steal one thing and steal a watch the rabbi? He says, listen, Rabbi Arya Levine is my rabbi. I notice he doesn't have a watch. So he says, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to try everything I can to buy the rabbi a nice watch. He says, but if I can't buy him a watch, I'm going to steal it. This rabbi deserves a watch. I was thinking to myself, you know why the rabbi don't have a watch? Because he's the rabbi of the thieves. Every time he goes in, every time that goes into prison, someone else shows his watch. All right, either way, point is, okay? You don't have a watch, I'm going to steal him a watch. The, the judge from New York was so moved that... This clearly, his relationship with this rabbi was very close, was very connected. And not only that, he'd managed to turn the guy to Teshuvah to make him a sincere person, you know, that, but it's a little bit weird what's going on here. The guy, you know, you did him Teshuvah, you made him do Teshuvah, so he's so genuine, so, you know, connected. But at the same time, he tells you he's going to steal another watch. You know, what, did you do him Teshuvah or not? Like, you know. Anyway, the judge makes an appointment to meet with Rabbi Arya Levine. He's got to figure this out. He's got to understand. He goes to the rabbi. He says, you got to tell me, what's going on here? What's your trick? How do you turn these, how do you turn these ganavim into sadikim? And when you turn them into sadikim, how can you give them like one last Hail Mary? What's the deal with the, you know, did you allow them to steal one more time? 
The rabbi says, I'll tell you, I did no such thing. He says, I look at people like this, and they're on their last leg. They've corrupted their ways. They've done, they've done terrible things. They're in, a great, they're in a terrible dark place. I know if I ask them to do everything, they're not going to do anything. So I ask them to do one thing. And which one thing do I ask them to do? Do I beg and plead with them and teach them about it, inspire them? I beg and I tell them to teach, to, to, to speak always only the truth. He says, and I know that what that's going to mean in the long run is that the guy is not, not going to steal. Because what's going to happen when he steals and he gets caught? They're going to ask him if he stole. He's going to have to tell the truth. He's going to sit in prison again. So he says, I ask them to tell the truth no matter what happens, no matter what they do, no matter how embarrassed they are, they should speak the truth. And that's what you saw. They asked the guy if he's going to steal. First he says no. Then he realizes he can't lie. He's thinking in the back of his head, I want to get the rabbi watch. He said, don't you trust me? I didn't ask him for a watch. But I asked him to speak the truth. When a person is a person of emet, even when the emet doesn't show them in the most flattering light, they still have the midah of, of emet. Because emet is pure. It's not sometimes. Emet is always. Emet is the first letter, the middle letter, and the last letter of the Aleph bet. Aleph, Taf, and Mem, equidistant. Because in every scenario, a person has an obligation to not only speak the truth, but to be a person of truth. To be an Ish Emet, a person who has integrity, who does the right thing, who does the correct thing. That idea, the overarching concept of Emet, is something that he taught those prisoners. So that's how they reacted. My friends, I'll never forget in my father's synagogue, many, many, many years ago, that there was a, a, a very wealthy and powerful man that got up to speak in the synagogue. This made such an impression on me as a child. He gets up there, my father introduces him, he's going to say a few words to the kahal. He stands up and in the knees he says, Rabotai, honesty is not the best policy. Everyone's looking at the rabbi, who'd you put up? Who's this guy? What, Esav you gave us? Like what's happening here? Honesty is not the best policy. And then he goes, honesty is the only policy. You don't have an option. It's not that you chose the best one. It's the only policy. You want to know how I became successful in business, he says? He says, by never messing over anybody. My word was 100% bankable. You could take it to the bank. You didn't need contracts. So you know what happens? I lost money on a few deals. There was a few times where, you know, my honesty meant that I was not the lowest bid. But you know what that, you know what happened? They took the other guy's bid because it was cheaper. But then they realized the other guy's a liar. So he gave them one more point in the deal. But the one more point that he gave them, they paid for dearly when they sat, when they sat at the business table with that guy. So the next time they came back to me. And once they came back to me and I fulfilled my end of the bargain, they stayed with me forever. Honesty is not the best policy. It's the only policy. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.